Well, I think the uh, Arizona immigration law is going to be upheld, and I suspect it's going to be upheld uh, by something more than 5-4, maybe 6-3 or 7-2. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. Uh, we're glad you could listen today. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from the great state of Massachusetts. And this is Craig Williams from sunny Southern California, where it's uh, almost spring here. (laughs) And Bob, we'd like to take this time to thank our sponsors, Clio, a web-based practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com, and PC Law from LexisNexis at pclaw.com forward slash radio. Well, we'd like to think it's almost spring, almost spring here too, but uh, I don't think it is. Go ahead, Craig. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, three or four months worth of snow. Anyway, I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued. Bob, I know you write a couple of uh, legal blogs. I do. I have a blog called Law Sites, another blog called Media Law. And hey, I have a book out too. I never mentioned that. But, you know, it's still out there in press. Uh, the Essential Guide to the Best and Worst Legal Websites. Uh, you can get it from ALM Press. Well, N- Newly uh, updated? <laughs> well, newly updated a few years ago. Um, before they invented the internet, but that's okay. Well, Craig, uh, from the spectacle of the Casey Anthony trial to the great debate over the health care law to the controversial immigration law in Arizona, 2011 was a big year in the law and a year to remember. So to help us discuss that today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we welcome a returning guest, Stephen L. Kaplan from the firm Hicks, Mims, Kaplan & Burns out of Orange County, California. He's going to be reviewing his 2011 predictions and look ahead to the brand new year 2012. So, Steve, glad to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Well, uh, Steve, uh, we're going to uh, later in the show get to your predictions for the coming year, but uh, we, of course, like to start with your your scorecard for 2011. So, looking back over the year and at your predictions for 2011, how did you do overall? Uh, this was probably my worst year. <laughs> uh, I just uh, I got a couple of Fs this year because I just got it wrong. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I'm still way over 500, probably batting 750. Well, that's great. Let's let's take a look at some of your. Uh, let's start with the A grade uh, predictions, and I think the first one you made was the Federal Reserve will not raise interest rates in 2011. Uh, that's right, and sure enough, they didn't. And um, uh, it's kind of a mixed bag for me because the reason why they didn't, of course, is because the economy is so bad. Right, and so yeah. you you. Um, and you also uh, predicted about uh, one large city or municipality in the United States will go bankrupt. Uh, and that happened, although uh, they were kind of uh, second-tier cities. We had Jefferson County, Alabama going bankrupt this year, and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, so uh, I gave myself a generous A for that, although I, I was thinking about downgrading it to a B because the size of those municipalities you know they're big. They're big municipalities, but they're not the gargantuan ones that I thought might happen. Hey, Harrisburg is the capital of Pennsylvania. You can't call it a second-rate city. I know, I know, and that's why I gave myself an A, okay. just because you, it was the capital of Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, you deserve it. Jefferson County, Alabama. I don't know about that. But. 
you also predicted Defense Secretary Robert Gates would retire. Yeah, that was I was I'm not, I'm a little proud of that one. Uh there was a little bit of chatter that it would happen. Uh, but it really, uh, there really wasn't much, and uh, I just thought he had been on the scene for a long time, and that has to be an incredibly stressful job. And also, uh, you guys probably know this, during 2011, uh, he didn't look like he was having that much fun. It looked like he, you know, he had had enough. <laughs> well, let's let's hope our Secretary of Defense isn't having too much fun in the job, but I, I hear what you're saying on that one, yeah. And you also predicted that uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed wouldn't be tried in 2011, and of course we know that he did not get to trial. You know, the the politics are are so tough. Uh, you just have a feeling that uh, the the current administration really wants to try him in civil court, and they just can't do it. So instead, he's kind of like on this indefinite hold in Guantanamo, uh, and that's just the way things are. And... Uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be tried in 2012 either. I think he's too much of a hot potato. Yeah, it, it, it conveniently, Guantanamo is still there as well, which is a, another prediction of yours. Right. And again, that, that falls within the hot potato category. It's You get the feeling, well, not even the feeling. You know the president wants to shut down Guantanamo, and he just can't do it. And it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall and to have a heart-to-heart discussion with the president is the reason why it's not being closed because uh, he just can't politically do it, or now that he's been on the job for a while, is the reality of the situation that it needs to be open. Be interesting to know heart to heart what the president really thinks. It would it would be interesting to know, and I, I have to say, I just just a couple of weeks ago had a opportunity to have a long conversation with a with a lawyer who continues to represent a number of the detainees in Guantanamo who goes down there regularly uh, and. Uh, uh, would love to have him on the show, except that uh, he's under basically a, a, a vow of secrecy uh, regarding a lot of uh, what they're doing. Uh, he doesn't feel free to talk uh, about it, um, and certainly not with respect to his own clients, but but the procedure overall and the way the lawyers are handling the cases down there, uh, he's uncomfortable talking about it. So uh, it, it's interesting uh, that that goes on and it's kind of fallen off the radar to some extent. Uh, people aren't talking about it the way they once did, but it's still still very much uh, a reality and the, and the uh, hearings continue to press along down there. Well, is he afraid of drones or is he afraid of imprisonment? <laughs> Uh, he's afraid of uh, uh, of uh, violating uh, an agreement uh, that he's entered into, as I understand it, with the military regarding uh, confidentiality of the process. That would be he'd be another guy. It'd be interesting to to have a heart to heart with. Yeah, see what he had to say. Well, maybe we can get him after he finishes up, which may be years and years from now. Uh, one of the other predictions you made, Steve, was that Israel would not bomb Iran in 2011. Uh, yeah, I just thought that uh, uh, Israel's going to rattle their sabers, and uh, and uh, the U.S. would would be trying to uh, increase the sanctions as we have been doing. And uh, also, it seems like every other week you hear some story about some scientist being uh, killed within Iran and and uh, sabotage uh, through viruses and otherwise of Iranian facilities. So uh, we're going to talk about that in 2012 and whether or not they'll bomb Iran. But if things turned out in 2011, it didn't happen, and that's what I predicted. 
Well, st- well, sticking with 2011, uh, somebody's got to hold you accountable for your predictions, Steve, and that's what we do here at uh, Lawyer to Lawyer. There, there were some predictions you made, uh, as you said earlier, that uh, you got to get a grade of F. Uh, so let's let's talk about a couple of those. One was, uh, as, as you say, that uh, interest rates for 30-year mortgages would rise above five and a quarter at the end of 2010. Boy, did I get that one wrong. I think what happened was, is I, in the back of my mind, or in the front of my mind, I thought that the economy was going to improve more than it did. And as a result of that, interest rates would start going up. But we just seemed to be muddling through. And the Federal Reserve, of course, is very conscientiously doing everything it can to keep those interest rates low. So as things turned out, that was just an F. I, I got it wrong. And you also predicted that President uh, Obama would exercise his uh, first veto. Was that it? And I was just showing my ignorance because he had already done his first veto on some minor bill at the end of 2009. And then he did a second veto uh, on another minor bill in 2010. So when I made that prediction, the president had already exercised his vetoes. Yeah, I think the first one was a Department of Defense Appropriations Act back in 2009, and then the second one was some kind of little-known Interstate Recognition of Notarizations Act, which I'm, I'm sure would have changed the world. Yeah, well, both of them uh, appeared to be pretty minor when, I, when I've actually looked into it a little bit more, uh, but I, I just hadn't even heard about them. You know, I, I just got it wrong. And here we are on the heels of the Iowa caucus, where uh, apparently Romney has won and Santorum is in second and Ron Paul's in third. And we didn't see Governor Chris Christie on that list. Yeah, I thought he would be running for the presidency, and uh, he didn't. But, you know, there's still time. Well, they're they're dropping left and right. Apparently, uh, Michelle Bachman dropped out, and um, I, I'm hearing some noises that another presidential candidate may have dropped out. Which one? Um uh, I'm not sure. Is one of the one of the uh, ending ones like Huntsman, or uh, I think he got one percent of the uh, uh, Iowa. Well, he didn't run. Huntsman didn't run in Iowa. Huntsman's up in, here and uh, up up in our part of the world. Uh, he's been uh, on the road in New Hampshire for for quite a while. But Rick Perry is uh, rumored to be uh, collecting his That's thoughts also and deciding uh, what he might want to do. But uh, yeah, it's not too late for Chris Christie. You know what I don't know is if you raise a lot of money to run for a political office like, you know, President of the United States, and you don't spend it all. Do you get to keep it? <laughs> I don't think so. You get to use it for political uh, purposes. You can actually uh, provide, make co- contributions to other uh, party candidates' campaigns, as I understand it, uh, but I don't, don't, don't treat that as legal advice because I'm not sure either. Uh, I wonder if you can use it to fund your library and put your relatives on the staff. Possibly, possibly. Well, I'll ask there the candidates. They, they've done a bit of that. Well, let's let's look at. Uh, we had some other categories where you made some predictions. I think Steve, you made a prediction regarding technology. Um, you said that Apple would release a Verizon phone in 2011. Yeah, that was an easy one, though. Uh, I I just did it because Apple's so high profile. But there was a lot of chatter at the end of 2010 that it was going to happen, and uh, sure enough, you know, it happened. Happened big. Yeah, the iPhone 4 and the iPhone 4s all in one year. Who would have thunk? And you also said that uh, Facebook would issue an IPO in 2011. How'd that do? That didn't do so good. It didn't happen. Uh, they did a lot of private placements, though, and uh, a lot of insiders raised a lot of money for themselves. Uh, but as far as an actual IPO, it didn't happen. The chatter is it's going to happen uh, during 2012, but we'll see. 
It's uh, it's imminent, some people say, but yeah, as you say, we'll we'll see. Uh, pop culture and entertainment. Let's turn there uh, before we get to the 2012 predictions. Uh, you predicted that uh, the Social Network would win the best Oscar, the film, the Oscar for best film of the year. How did you do there? Well, that didn't work out so well. Uh, King's Speech won. I think I had blinders on because I wanted Social Network to win. And yeah. uh, if I was really thinking straight, I would have I would have said that King's Speech is more politically correct and more what the Academy looks for. But I I, I blew that one. I got an F. I'm not sure you blew it. I mean, it was a it was a pretty fair prediction uh, when you, when you made it. But uh, who knew? Who knew? And let's let's look at. Uh, the best actress for Oscar for Black Swan was Natalie Portman. How'd you do there? Yeah, you know, I got that one right. So, uh, and that's actually uh, I saw I saw Black Swan. I thought it was a very good movie, and I used to like uh, ballerinas before then, but now I find them creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a it's a tough business. Yeah, I don't like them anymore. Well, well, speaking of speaking of creepy, one of your one of your <laughs> this this strike this image strikes me as as uh, a little creepy. One of your predictions was that President Obama would go almost completely gray and smoke many cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quite I an image. I, I only gave myself a C on that one because he supposedly stopped smoking in 2011, but I, I don't really buy that. I think he's still out there smoking. Yeah, and he certainly is a lot grayer than when he started. Yeah, but is he? I don't. Some of the recent pictures I saw just today, he looked very gray, but not, I don't know if it qualified as completely gray. So I only gave myself a C. How do you sneak a cigarette when you're the president of the United States? I don't know how that works. Well, you know, the Secret Service is sworn to secrecy. So they're the only ones who can rat you out to your wife. Yeah. And, you know, they got to be afraid that they're going to be shipped off to Guantanamo. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess guess if President Clinton could sneak some of the stuff he did, then uh, a cigarette is not beyond the pale. Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't think there's a law in Washington, D.C. that you can't smoke indoors, so who knows? The Oval Office may be uh, the Oval Smoking Office. It's just that ducking into the 7-Eleven at 11 o'clock at night to get a pack of cigarettes. I just don't see him doing that, you know? Something tells me he wouldn't have a problem bumming a cigarette from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we need to, uh, we're going to take a little break, uh, and uh, when we return, we're going to talk with Stephen Kaplan about his predictions for 2012. I look forward to that. Stay with us. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to introduce us to the world of cloud computing and how it can be beneficial to lawyers and law firms. Jack, we're hearing great things about cloud computing and its utility for law firms. Can you tell me why so many lawyers are excited about cloud computing? I think the most important thing about cloud computing from a lawyer's perspective is that it gives them the power and breadth of features that traditional desktop and server-based software uh, gives them without all of the IT overhead and inconvenience. So there's uh, all the benefits and none of the downsides of traditional desktop-based software, and they're able to focus on practicing law with a really solid cloud computing platform behind them. I think that's where you're seeing a lot of the the excitement is they're now able to realize the the potential of IT without all of the headaches. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com.
It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com slash radio. That's PCLaw.com slash radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're joined by Stephen Kaplan, and we're taking a look at his predictions from last year, 2011. That's what we covered in the last segment. And now we're going to turn to 2012 and see what predictions um, Steve has. So, Steve, let's um, let's go down the list and uh, start with number one. You uh, predicted that the Federal Reserve will not raise interest rates in 2012, and that's a big departure from where you were last year. Well, since I got it wrong last year. I figure I better I better try to get it right this year. Uh, I think the uh, in general I think the economy is we're just going to muddle through. So 2012, as far as the economy is going to concern, I believe is going to be pretty much a replay of 2011. So rates didn't go up in 20 2011. I don't think interest rates will go up in 2012. So so you're going with what you got wrong last year? Yeah, which is always a good idea. <laughs> we'll see how that works out. That sounds well, good. we'll be back again next year to find out, but you're also making a, a similar style prediction for interest rates. Yeah, well, since I got it wrong uh, uh, last year, I'm hoping I'll get it right this year. As I said before, I think we're just kind of going to muddle through. Uh, nothing much is going to get done until uh, after the November 2012 elections. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, I think we're just going to muddle through. You're, you're, you're making a prediction with respect to crude oil. I can't, I can't remember. Did we... I don't think we talked about what you predicted for 2011 on that and how you did, but what are you predicting for 2012? Well, basically, uh, crude oil right now, uh, as of December 31st, was about $100 a barrel. So I'm just sticking with it's going to be above $100 a barrel in 2012. The scary thing about that to me is is we're in the middle of the worst recession since the Great Depression, and oil prices are still that high. So... You have to wonder what's going on and how bad is the U.S. dollar really if uh, crude, uh, crude oil is above $100 a barrel, as it is right let's now. See, let's see if we can get you to go a little further out on a limb here. Uh, what about fracking? There's a lot of noise and chatter about fracking as a new means of uh, obtaining oil reserves and gas reserves. 
And uh, obviously, because of the kind of injection that's involved with it, uh, it's dangerous and uh, potentially causing some additional pollution. Where where do you think that's going to go this year? Do you think we're going to see more fracking and and use of our own reserves to try and bring down oil prices? I'm almost sure we will, but I don't think it'll bring down oil prices. We're in an international market, and you have half the world basically emerging from the Stone Age. And they want the same things we have. They, they're going to want toothpaste, and they're going to want cars, and they're going to want electricity and heat. And uh, with that many people emerging from poverty all at the same time, uh, that's a lot of energy that needs to be consumed. So I, don't, I think we're going to have a tremendous increase in domestic oil and gas production, but it's not going to cause the price to go down uh, at the pump. And you would think with all of that growth that's going to occur in the third world countries coming into second and first world, that the economy would improve. Well, that just shows you how bad the first world economy is. I mean, we're dependent on, uh, we're dependent on having growth in the third world so that we don't go further into a recession. Speaking of the world economy, there are two predictions you make that, that, uh, Intrigue me, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree with, but one is that no country will exit the euro in 2012, and another is that Iraq's economy will outperform the United States in 2012. Uh, how do you uh, how do you rationalize those two predictions? Well, I think that uh, that Europe, uh, the people that are the countries that are part of the eurozone, uh, they are afraid of what will happen if it all falls apart. So I think they're going to do everything they can to keep it together. And 2012, uh, they'll hold on by their fingernails. Uh, 2013 might be a different story. And then in Iraq, I think it's pretty simple. That's one of those countries where their standard of living is so low compared to Western standards, and they have such huge resources. And we poured, we being the United States, have poured, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars basically into their economy. And unless they blow each other up, and even if they do, uh, I think their economy is going to perform better than ours. You know, there's going to be, they're going to be buying a lot of cell phones. They're going to be buying, building a lot of roads. They're going to be building electrical plants. All the things that we have and take for granted, uh, they're going to start constructing and their economy is going to be okay, uh, better than ours. And then talking about uh, world growth, let's take a look at the other side of the world and and, uh, talk a little bit about Korea. I don't see it on your list, but let's see if I can prod you a little bit here. We have the death of Kim Jong-il and his son now taking over, and it's it's pretty obvious that it's it's beyond a third world country. I mean, it doesn't even have electricity. Do you see any any growth, or do you think it's going to remain a closed society? I, you know, I suspect it's going to remain a closed society only because uh, they're the only country in the world that I know of that basically has cut off its population from uh, any contact with the rest of the world. So when you see uh, uh, protests in the Arab countries because of Twitter and Facebook, uh, that's not a realistic possibility in Korea. They have cut off, they're essentially a island cut off from the rest of the world. So I suspect that uh, uh, the newest dictator is going to continue to run the family business and continue with dad's policies and was just going to be the same old, same old. 
And you mentioned the Arab Spring and uh, some of the revolt that seems to be kind of occurring throughout um, Arab countries. And we're seeing some, you know, obviously turmoil in Europe. And even in the Caribbean, there's been uh, substantial vote changes where most of the people that were in power in the Caribbean are now out of power. Um, it seems like there's a maybe a little bit of a wave of uh, government change. And Obviously, we have the Occupy protests here in the United States. What's your prediction about um, where those protests are going to go? Are they going to mushroom into something a lot bigger than they are? Or do you think it's just going to be the 1% of the 99% that seems to be voicing their displeasure with what's going on? Well, I don't think the protests themselves are going to go too much larger than they are now. But I think uh, I think uh, one of my predictions, I might be getting ahead of you guys, but one of my predictions is that uh, Mitt Romney is going to be the next president of the United States. So I think there is going to be change at the top. And you think the Occupy pro- movement is going to play into that in some way? Uh no, not particularly. I just think that there's just there's a lot of people who are unemployed and a lot of people who are semi-employed, and they want change. I mean, you know, people are really hurting out there. And uh, and if the guy in the office right now can't deliver, they're going to try to put somebody else in to see if he can deliver. And as, as long as we're talking about that, let's see if we can go back a little bit in one of your predictions. I think your third one, uh, well, bring it home a little bit for you and for me. You said that the number of homes in, sold in California in 2012 will be approximately the same as 2011. And uh, you know, I, I should let some of our listeners know that uh, it's pretty obvious in Orange County that there are a lot of apartments being built. Uh, I don't see a lot of homes going up yet. But um, there seems to be a lot of apartments. And, and Steve, just to warn you on this one, they are doing a lot of, uh, Lennar's building a lot of homes in the Tustin uh, Air Station. And that seems to be, there seems to be equipment out there. So you, you want to stick with that prediction on home growth or are you going to? Well, yeah, I think, it, I think it's right. Uh, I think you're seeing a growth in apartments because people can't afford homes. So... You know, they're, they're moving into apartments. A lot of them are having roommate situations. I have a lot of clients you probably do also that, uh, are in one way or the other in the rental business. And, uh, residential rentals are doing pretty good in Southern California, but, uh, the sale of residential real estate, uh, is really not doing too much. Uh, there's just too few people who, when they have to supply tax returns and W-2s, can really qualify for home uh, home mortgage. So um, I think we're going to have the same low level of home sales in California that we had in 2011 and 2010 even in 2012. I just don't see anything that's going to increase the sale of, of homes in 2012. I want to make sure we uh, talk, talk about the Supreme Court a little bit uh, before our time runs out. The Supreme Court has scheduled, I think it is three days of arguments on... Uh, Obamacare, as it's come to be called, and uh, there's uh, people lobbying the court to allow cameras in for this these uh, arguments that are anticipated to be uh, historic. Uh, what's your prediction for uh, what the Supreme Court's going to do with that case? I think uh, the, the Supreme Court, on a 5-4 vote, is going to strike the individual mandate requirement. I don't think they're going to overturn the entire law but they're going to excise out the individual mandate requirement. Which, which of course, uh, Mitt Romney was instrumental in bringing about, but we can, we can bypass that. And <laughs> uh, what about uh, uh, the, uh, 
the uh, Arizona immigration law, another issue that's, that's uh, destined, uh, headed for a decision by the Supreme Court. Uh, how do you think that's going to turn out? Well, I think the uh, Arizona immigration law is going to be upheld, and I suspect it's going to be he- upheld uh, by something more than 5-4, maybe 6-3 or 7-2. That's a bold prediction. Well, that's why I didn't really make that prediction in the written predictions I circulated. I only predicted that the, the Supreme Court will affirm the immigration law. Well, you, you have a couple of uh, technology uh, predictions that Amazon's going to release a smartphone in 2012 and that Apple will release a television this year as well. Uh, there's a lot of chatter, of course, about Apple releasing a television. Uh, I think it's going to happen in 2012. And if it doesn't happen in 2012, it's going to happen in 2013. My favorite prediction among the technology predictions is that Amazon's going to release a smartphone uh, in 2012. And uh, the way I look at it is, is every device that Amazon can put in somebody's hand is like opening up a new store. And every device that you know Google can put in somebody's hands is like opening, it's like a new Google billboard. And then Apple's got the best of all worlds because every device they can put in somebody's hands, it's as if they've opened up a new store and plus they make a lot of money on the hardware. So I think that the smartphones is a space that Amazon needs to be in to compete against Google and uh, and Apple. And uh, I think they're going to come out with a smartphone. You don't talk about tablets at all. What about what about uh, talk that uh, Apple's going to come out with a 7-inch iPad or a smaller uh a smaller, a smaller uh, scale iPad, at any rate. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I didn't make a prediction on that, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that uh, what's probably going to happen is when Apple comes out with a new iPhone, that's going to have a slightly larger screen, and I think they're going to stick with the tablet size they have. And I think more likely is is that they'll have um, almost like what they did in iPods. They'll have ones. Uh, they'll have a more expensive and less expensive version of the, basically the same device, and the key difference will be storage. Darn, I wanted that 7-inch iPad this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you'll probably be able to get a 4-and-3-quarter-inch iPhone. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to settle for that. And we, we jump back here and, and talk about a couple of economic predictions you made. We were talking about crude oil earlier, and, and uh, you said that the Dow Jones Industrial Average will go above 13,000 in the national unemployment rate will exceed 8% this year. How do you feel about those? Well, it's it's really not much of a change from 2011. I mean, the Dow, uh, Dow Jones Industrial ad, uh, Average ended 2011 at about 12,500. So I think it's always an interesting disconnect between unemployment and uh, the stock market because you think, well, gee, with the unemployment rate being so terribly high, you know, how is it possible that stocks have a good year? And, you know, the reality of the situation is, is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of businesses that make a lot of money, uh, even in a mediocre economy. And there's a lot of businesses stockpiling cash, cash and increasing their dividends. So I think interest rate, I think that, uh, uh, stock prices are going to go up slightly and unemployment is going to come down slightly. But basically, it's just going to be a continuation of 2011. And we have just a couple of minutes left to to wrap up, but we want to cover the last uh, couple of entertainment predictions that you're making. You're saying The Artist will win the Best Film Oscar and Viola Davis will win Best Actress uh, for her movie The Help. Uh, I always try to 
try to put myself in the shoes of the people who do the choosing and try to, from their viewpoint, pick the thing that is most uh, politically correct or or attuned to to what the academy membership generally leads, leans towards. And I think that a film like The Artist, that is kind of a historical history of the cinema, fictionalized historical history of the cinema, I think that's going to play well to the people who vote. So I think it's going to win the best film Oscar. And then The Help actually did really well in the box office, and uh, the lead actress got really good reviews. And I think it's uh, I think that's what's going to win the Best Actress Oscar. And finally, you make one last prediction that's probably the most riveting of all for uh, many people who uh, are fast food fanatics. Um, <laughs> the McRib. Yeah, I think McDonald's is permanently going to add the McRib to its menu this year. This is going to be the year. There's been a lot of talk about it for years and years. And uh, I think I think they're going to actually do it this year. It's not just going to be for special occasions. It's going to be year-round. I, I had no idea that people actually followed what was on the McDonald's menu. Only the McRib. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just about wraps up our uh, 2012 predictions and a review of your 2011 predictions. Uh, any final thoughts you'd like to offer and perhaps any uh, last-minute predictions that we may have prompted from you? I think that... Uh, as I said, 2012 is going to be more of the same, but if we are able to, uh, after the elections, uh, reach some sort of agreement on uh, on our fiscal situation, cutting the deficit, I think 2013 could be a boom year for the United States. Great. That's Steve Kaplan uh, with the law firm Hicks, Mims, Kaplan, and Burns in Orange County, California. How, how, can, how can our listeners best follow up with you? Well, you know, I would say to check our webpage, but unfortunately, it is down at the moment. It should be up and running again uh, in February. We're we're re, we're uh, redoing it. You're so, predicting February. So I'm pre- yeah, that's one of my predictions, but that's probably the least likely thing to happen of uh, all my predictions. Well, but I'm looking at find, February. We'll have it up and running. They can they can Google Google to find the to find you there. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your. Uh, your successes and failures from the last year and uh, braving your predictions for the coming year. Thanks for having me again. We appreciate it very much. And Bob, we want to remind our listeners that they can get CLE credit through West Legal Ed Center for listening to Select Legal Talk Network podcasts. You can go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on the West Legal Ed Center. Well, Craig, uh, I think we're, we're we're supposed to, at this point, uh, make a couple of quick predictions ourselves. Uh, we only have a, a few seconds left in the program. We, we've gone over, but... Uh, uh, I, I will predict that uh, you are you are enormously successful at your at your new venture, <laughs> and wish you well at doing that. Uh, having thank having you very seen much the success that you've achieved in the past, and and this this probably explains why you're uh, also uh, going to be blogging a little bit more, as you've said before. Yes, that's exactly very why. Good. Very good. My, I will have found my voice again now that it uh, has the freedom to be able to say what it wants to say. <laughs> I want to quote you on that. Uh, good. Uh, any predictions you'd like to make for the coming year before we wrap up? Well, I predict that uh, the snowpack in Northern California will be fairly heavy. They will have a good year and lots of water. Uh, right now, they're quite worried about it. Uh, Tahoe and some of the resorts up there are threatening closure and losing customers because there's not enough snow. But uh, I think come January, we're going to get a lot of rain and, and February, and I think that we'll have a nice snowpack and a lot of water that uh, will quench the thirst of a lot of Californians. 
Well, that sounds good. Uh, How about we're you? In somewhat the, we're in somewhat the same situation here. We haven't seen uh, seen almost no snow uh, in New England so far, uh, other than a, an early October, an unseasonably early October snowstorm. But uh, I'm sure we'll get our share of sto- snow. Uh, and, uh, and just thinking about the legal profession and some of our listeners, I, 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 I'm, I think I might have said this last year, and I, I might be with Steve a little bit in the sense of over-anticipating, uh, over but I am still continue to see uh, creeping towards recovery, and I think that's reaching into the legal profession. I think, uh, I, I think uh, firms are going to see uh, their business uh, continue to move up. I think hiring in the legal sector is going to continue to move up. Uh, maybe not dramatically, but uh, we're headed in the right direction, I think. And I think that's going to continue throughout 2012. I would agree with you, Bob. I've seen a lot of signs of turning around, uh, as we talked about with Steve. Uh, we got a lot of apartment starts. And with apartment starts, people start saving their money and buying houses. And as a consequence, it starts pushing the economy. And I think that uh, I'm really glad to see the apartment starts. Um the, the the bad news, if I can predict some bad news, is is that uh, funding is going to continue to dwindle for legal services programs, for low income legal aid, uh, for a number of reasons. Government co- governments are cutting funding, uh, both state and federal, for these kinds of programs, uh, and funding that comes from IOLTA money uh, around the country has been greatly diminished by the real estate crisis, uh, which is the source for a lot of IOLTA money, and so. Uh, Funding legal services programs, so pro, legal services programs designed to help the poor and low income are going to continue to suffer this year. I'm afraid to say. Well, that's too bad, but I think you're right, which will require a lot of lawyers to put in some more volunteer hours that uh, I'm sure we'll be able to afford a few here and there. That's so with that, true. Bob, we should we should wrap up the program for this year, and uh, we want to also remind our listeners that they can find all Legal Talk Network shows on iTunes, and we'll be back again next week to discuss another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. See you next week. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.